Welcome back to Unstandardized English. I am JPB Gerald, your host. And today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. That is rap. Uh, I'm specifically choosing to say the word rap rather than hip-hop for reasons that will become evident later in the episode. But uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because I've been reading, as I do, because I'm a big nerd... And what I've been reading lately is a book you all need to read, especially if you're interested in this sort of thing. And that is How to Be an Anti-Racist by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. Now, I am not going to recap the entire book because you should read it. So do that. But um, in this book, aside from what you would expect, which is telling you generally how to be an anti-racist, he goes through different uh, facets of racism. And he categorizes them into, you know, adjective racism, adjective racism. Uh, the full list of types of racism that he goes through are biology, ethnicity, body, culture, behavior, color. And he talks about class. Then he talks about whiteness and blackness. Uh, he talks about dueling consciousness and gender, sexuality, failure, success, survival. Yes, I'm just reading the chapter titles. But um, what I want to talk about today is not all of those things, because that would take an entire book, which is what he's written. I want to talk about culture. Culture is a really interesting thing, and it's important for the work that I do in language and the research that I'm doing, because part of the reason I'm focused on race and language is because in the world of language education, we talk a lot about culture. We don't really talk about it in a very useful way, but people are not afraid to discuss culture. What they tend to mean is surface level cultural practices like, oh, my student is from Mexico. He eats this sort of exotic food. Isn't that interesting, right? That's tend to be what we mean when we talk about culture. Or my student is from Korea. This is the traditional dance that they do there, or these are the clothes that they wear. Now, I'm not saying that these traditions are not important, but culture is more than traditions. It's more than, as they say, holidays and heroes. Culture is a vast and very important thing, but it's also not by itself exactly the same thing of race. It is an element of race, or I should say it's related to race. I wouldn't say it's an element of it, but it is often used as a way to be racist. The way that Dr. Kendi describes cultural racism in his book is he says straight up that the definition of a cultural racist is one who is creating a cultural standard and imposing a cultural hierarchy among racial groups. And a cultural anti-racist, as you might expect from that, is one who is rejecting cultural standards and equalizing cultural differences among racial groups. It is not pretending that there are no cultural differences. It is just avoiding a cultural hierarchy. And maybe you can tell from the definition, you don't have to be white to be a person who believes in or espouses a cultural hierarchy. So I'm going to talk today about what it means to espouse or what it means to experience 
a cultural hierarchy through my experiences being interested in and listening to and being a fan of rap music. So I told you I was going to make a distinction between rap and hip-hop. Um, I guess there's a difference in terms of what the words literally mean, but uh, the reason I want to focus on rap is because um, when people have used rap as a racism delivery tool, they have done so with the word rap and not hip-hop. Uh, I, I got to go all the way back, as I do, and I got to go back to seventh grade. And uh, seventh grade is when I started listening to rap. Um, that was based on the age that I am, 1997. Um, my cousins were really into Biggie, or Biggie had just died, so it was a big deal. Uh, and all of a sudden, some of the kids were into rap at school. And of course, it's a very white school, so um, they weren't really into like really underground rap, which I didn't even know about until several years later. But just as people started to get into and play and listen to rap, you had this contingent of people who really wanted you to know that rap was not okay. I don't know if they certainly believe, if they believe this themselves or if they got it from their parents at age 12. They probably got it from their parents. But I remember even good friends um, telling me, and I did not ask them, that rap is crap. That was the phrase I heard. Rap is crap. I mean, it rhymes. It's nice. It rhymes. But uh, that's what I heard. And uh, I want to be clear throughout this entire thing it is no one's business what kind of music you actually prefer that's not necessarily racist it is bizarre let's say and i would argue culturally racist to insist upon telling people who are a fan of a group uh, of a of a genre primarily made by marginalized and racialized people that that genre is not legitimate or not uh, worthwhile. Again, they never said, I don't like rap, which is fine. Um, it's that they always said it was bad, all of it. They presented it as an objective fact rather than an opinion. And that, uh, well, that's where all this starts for me. So... Part of the issue is that I, as you know well about me, did not have a very strong sense of self and had whatever issues I had with race. But um, as I came through high school, one thing I was pretty sure about is that I really liked rap. And this is New York in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was pretty easy to really like rap back then. There were a lot of things going on. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was not someone who grew up without money, so I couldn't directly relate to their daily experiences. But I did, looking back, really find value in the cultural uh, experience that was being related through the music. And I don't need to explain to you why I like rap, but that is what it was for me. It was expressing uh, blackness in a way that I had yet to feel myself and I found that really validating so you get through high school and I you know and um one of the first times aside from my one friend who used to say rap is crap uh that I found that people were using rap to denigrate black culture in general was 
I had an assignment for class and we had to, it was about the Odyssey and we had to express something about the Odyssey through something artistic. And I chose to make a mixtape. And uh, so I had put on all these contemporary songs in 2001 that included things like Always On Time because that is the kind of thing that people liked in 2001. Uh, But just by chance, I got unlucky and someone else made a mixtape and they went before me in going through their um, project and everything they put on there was 80 songs and people loved it, loved it, jumped out of their seats having a good time. Now, there's an entire thing to be discussed about why people who were too young to be interested in 80s music love 80s music, and the answer is their parents played it at home. But when my music was played, these were very contemporary popular songs and nobody was into it. Now, I was a little bit sad, but that wasn't necessarily racist. It was just the first time that I noticed how much people really liked 80s music. Now, where it became a problem, however, is when I went to a summer program in 2002 and... These were not people who knew me well. And I came there and I, you know, people, we talked about music we liked and I said I liked rap music. And this is a group of people who were very, very clear to me that rap was not considered music. Not even bad music. It was not music. It was not of any value as art. Uh, I was told repeatedly without prompting what is the appeal, or that's a question, what is the appeal of this? Or I was told by one of the girls that I met uh, that she liked music that required talent to be created. I don't necessarily think these people still believe these things 17 years later. The person who told me rap is crap in seventh grade has gone on to actually be, I would classify, anti-racist. Like, when I talk about white fragility, he talks about it with me. So he he was 12. He learned. You know, and the people who said these things about rap doesn't take any talent, I don't know. I assume maybe they grew out of saying things like that. Although the person who said that writes for The Economist now, and I sure hope she grew up about it. Uh, But the point being that it was not acceptable for someone at that age to tell me that black culture was not uh, valuable. But it was entirely possible to say that this most prominent feature of black culture at the time, and almost, I would say, still so today, was less valuable than similar things. The reason they used to say that it didn't take any talent was exactly what you think it was, that it was insipid, uh, that it was misogynistic. Uh, They didn't say anything about homophobic because I think people weren't really enlightened enough to care about that yet. But look, we all know that plenty of rap music is misogynistic and plenty of rap music is insipid. And this was true in 2002 and it's true in 2019. But it's not more misogynistic or more insipid than other genres, which is the point. It's just that when mainstream, I should say rock songs or whatever genres that are popular in different parts of the culture are praised, the scrutiny placed upon them is much less than it is upon black artists. That's the general thing. It doesn't excuse when black artists or rappers do terrible things in their music or in life. It just means that the extra scrutiny is not equitable. 
So I say all of that to mention how the cultural racism that is expressed by the complete dismissal of rap music and using the word rap as shorthand for urban, as shorthand for quote-unquote inner city, as shorthand for black, uh, was something that really starts to build and it really has an effect on people and it did on me. You know, um, this carried on into college because when I got there, they played rap when it was time to dance, when it was time to have a party. But if they, if you asked them what songs they really thought were great, were valuable, it was classic rock. Uh, it was 80s music, you know, and aside from a few people who I'll speak about, there really wasn't any belief that rock, uh, that rap music was was of any cultural value. And unfortunately, this wasn't just coming from white people, um, which is why the, the, the modifier of cultural racism is important because you don't have to be white to uphold, perpetuate types of racism. We can debate whether or not people who aren't white can be racist. It's not really, I don't find that d- debate very useful or interesting. But... Um, It is certainly true that anybody can uphold or perpetuate racism. And when people, and there are plenty of black people who do this, uphold the value that rap music is somehow less worthwhile than other forms of music, they are perpetuating cultural racism. Because frankly, as annoying as it was and as hurtful as it was to be told by people who were my peers that what I listened to was not valuable and implicitly what they listened to was more valuable. They didn't say it out loud, but that's what they meant. Where I really felt the lack of value was from people who were actually in the community. If you listen to the classic soul and R&B stations, they were not stupid. They knew that if a song was big, they had to play it to get people to listen. Because radio stations were declining in popularity throughout the 90s and 2000s, and and they still are. So I remember in 2001, big song, what was it? It Wasn't Me. And somehow they managed to play that song with only the Rick Rock chorus part, and they just took the shaggy part out of it because it made their listeners happy. Or if you listen to Z100, sometimes you would have a popular song that had a, a, a rap interlude or the third verse was rap. They just skipped over it. Or if you had a, a rap song that was really popular and it had been popular for a while, it would be sped up on the radio, right? And I would notice it. I mean, there's nothing. What are you going to do about it? But they knew just craven choices here. They knew that rap was popular. They had to play it because people wanted it. But they also knew that a segment of the population found it less valuable. So they tried to minimize its use as much as possible. It was never held up as being as valuable as anything else uh, that they might play, regardless of how good or bad it actually was. 
And um, again, this is not to say all rap music is great. Like any genre, it has its highs and its lows. But the way that it was treated and the way that it was spoken about, the way that word is used is a way that has unfortunately been used as a cudgel against people uh, using a a certain culture or or, um, imbued in a certain culture. So I don't want to come too hard for the black people who told me or or sent me the message that rap was less valuable than other forms of music. Because, frankly, it, it was the message that was given to them that doing anything that, you know, quote-unquote, held the race back was damaging and detrimental. They knew from much more difficult circumstances that I ever lived in what it meant if you were not a credit to the race and they probably felt that the people in or making rap music were not a credit to the race because they were speaking of really ugly stuff a lot of the time so I get it Um, and frankly I liked a lot of Motown music and the things that they were telling me about (laughs) it's not like what they were saying and not like the songs they liked were bad and I continue to listen to that stuff to this day. It is very good. You want to tell me that um, if you want a common denominator at a party and you put on Stevie Wonder Superstition, I think it's going to be less divisive than other things. But uh, to simply say you don't like something is perfectly fine. Say that's not your taste. Everybody gets older. I mean, I'm sure there are things that come out now. I don't really like most trap music these days. I said trap, not rap. Like, I don't like Migos. I don't get it. I don't get them. I don't get it. But uh, I certainly don't think it's not music. And the vitriol that people have about rap. You know, rap was the music that was speaking for people at a time when very little else was. I am not going to hold up uh, a violent person, like an, like an actual violent human, like Dr. Dre is some sort of uh, hero because... Like, come on, dude. But some of the things that, like, NWA were, were saying were simply not being said by other people. And the fact that they were speaking truth to power in a lot of ways um, remains exceptionally valuable. Look, if you're listening to this, you don't need me to preach to the choir about it. But I, hopefully someone listening to this and, you know, they really have discounted rap in their life and might... Take a, a listen to it. Even if you find it harsh, it's supposed to be harsh, a lot of that stuff. Now, does this excuse the ridiculous levels of misogyny and homophobia in the music? No, they're not necessarily any higher than they are in other forms of music. It's just that this is a type of music that is often not subtle. So therefore, it's much easier to point out um, because it is, as they say, parental advisory explicit lyrics and the lyrics are explicit literally not just in the sense that they're profane but explicit because they are telling you exactly what they want you what they want to be heard there is a level of artistry in rap music that 
is really different from other forms. I don't mean that it's the best. I mean, it's my favorite, but um, what you can do with the combination of, you know, sort of a, a rhythmic spoken word rhyme over the beats that are being used it's not to say that it's better than when you are singing but it is a completely different sound to a melody and to genuinely think that it is necessarily less valuable you have to really not consider the power possible with the music being made. I'm not going to spend too much time on why rap is valuable. I just wanted to make a point before I talk more about the racism involved uh, as to why I believe that rap is one of the most significant and powerful uh, artistic creations in American history and it is one of the most American forms of art you know it started here in New York uh it and I'll get to some of this a little bit later but it was not descended from Bob Dylan or Frank Sinatra as a lot of white people like to say oh well they actually were freestyling before I don't know where people get these things um it is a an American, it is a New York art form, and it has influenced pretty much all the music since the early 80s. Um, so this segment, I just really wanted to talk about, I mean, go on YouTube. I mean, you are on the internet. Look up things where people talk about uh, some of the internal rhyme used in songs, some of the wordplay that's used you know, some of the creativity that's involved in this music. There are things being done or that have been done in rap that simply haven't been done in other forms of music. And I just wanted to quickly make the point, if you, if you think it's less valuable, you are categorically and objectively wrong. Before you're even racist, you're incorrect. So the only reason to think that it is not music or that it is not valuable is not a factual reason. It's a discriminatory reason. So back to the story, though. Uh, I get to college and and I... uh... Interesting experience, especially the first year. Um, like I said, everybody was really into classic rock and 80s music, and that was strange. But um, the weirdest thing was that people, because it was 2003, were really into emo. I don't know how that ever became a thing. But um, that was the prevailing interest of the 17, 18, 19 year olds that I went, that I entered college with. So, you know, this is what we're talking about in terms of the music people are listening to. And I really tried to get into what other people were hearing. I made mixtapes of classic rock songs, but I was so hopelessly 
behind because I hadn't spent a decade listening to it like um, they had with their parents and friends. So when I tried to to show them that I was like studying their music, I was really just sort of laughed at. Um, I would get into the, the quote-unquote wrong artist. And it's another example of what I said in a few episodes ago that, you know, you, you can try as hard as you'd like to, but you can't really ever be fully integrated. You know, assimilation is, is a really worthless goal because it's not really possible. You can sand off all your rough edges, but you're still black is the point. Cult, the culture, you can't make the culture go entirely away. Um, but the really interesting part in college wasn't just that, because that was different and it was annoying, but I, it's not that big of a deal. When I got into a group of friends that really did respect me, they were white, yes, mostly, and they liked hip-hop, and they called it hip-hop, which is interesting, right? The reason I told you the difference between rap and hip-hop is that when white people seem to like it, they call it hip-hop. I don't know why, but they seem to call it hip-hop. Maybe I should do a study on that. But um, what happened there is you got all of these white people who were really, really into underground artists, and they were really, really pretentious about it, like the most hipstery music listeners you'll ever meet. I like these people. We're still friends, but uh, if you ask them about a rap artist, you know, they will tell you that they don't listen to the mainstream, right? Or then if you try to say, well, what about this indie artist? They would say, uh, well, as one person told me, that's kind of white boy rap. So, uh, you could never win. You can never just listen to some rap, right? You had to listen to the right kind of hip hop, you know, cause they couldn't just listen to rap. They had to listen to a very specific subset of rap. Had to be like atmosphere, had to be like immortal technique, it had to be like, uh, dead prez. And these are not bad artists, but, uh, it was just interesting what was required from people listening to rap music among these people. Finished college, I go to Korea. In Korea, all of a sudden things change and rap is kind of fun again because Koreans really do like rap. They don't necessarily understand all of what's being said, but they like it because they like to dance in South Korea. I'm not saying everybody, but you know, they like to have a good time. It was fun. You had some strange racist things happening there. Uh, when I went to karaoke, I was told by my Korean colleagues to, to do rap, do rap. And I did it like, like, uh, like a monkey. I did my dance. Um, and I still to this day enjoyed doing rap songs in karaoke, but it was an interesting experience to feel like they wanted me to perform my culture I'm making with all of this is that when different groups like rap music there's always a wrinkle to it 
you know, when my Korean colleagues liked it, they liked the party aspect of it, but they found it exotic and a little bit strange. When my white friends in college liked it, they couldn't just like it. They couldn't just listen to it. They had to find the specific parts of it that were okay, acceptable to like. And it really, it was better than the time when people were telling me when I was a teenager how bad rap was and how it wasn't music. But it still was a way to be other to marginalized. Because if I just wanted to put on the popular rap song of the time, it seemed like unless I was performing it for the Koreans, I was not allowed to just like a song. You know? Unless it was old, like more than five years old, then there was a nostalgia factor. It was like Biggie or Tupac. Or it was underground or indie. I couldn't just like a song, you know? So it just sort of... The... It was not okay socially to just like rap music. Even when people liked rap music, they were weird about it. And it was never just okay to say you liked rap music. And when certain people liked rap music, they got way too into it in a weird way. You know, you had people doing things where I look back and it wasn't quite blackface, but it was kind of like blackface. You know, there were people who used to perform songs and they put on a strange black English accent. English like the language, not the country. Um, you had people who, uh, the N-word is a whole thing. People knew enough around me not to say it, but there was a strange glee in playing the songs with it. So it was never just a fun thing. We could never just have rap and enjoy it. I think that's the point I'm making in this entire thing. It was never okay to just enjoy rap music in white spaces. Because rap, although it's not always a happy music, is a very honest, most of the time, uh, expression of blackness. And that's why I think it makes so many people uncomfortable. Because it is a really black art form. It's not the only black art form. It's not the only black music. Right? Reggae is very black too. It's just a different type of black. In fact, I would argue that it's, uh, you know, it's different because that is generally a West Indian art form. And I don't want to claim it myself, although it's a great form of music as well. You see it in small ways, how rap is denigrated. You know, you see it from someone I know who really wants to tell everybody how much he hates Beyonce, even when no one has asked him at all. I know Beyonce is not a rapper, but especially since she married Jay-Z, she is associated with rap, obviously. 
Um, and you hear it in the way that I, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, there was a trend on YouTube or on various music listening platforms where people would take the lyrics from rap songs and then do a cover of them with acoustic guitar or something like that, or a ska cover, like that Dynamite Hack cover of Boys in the Hood. Um, And people thought, oh, this is great, this is really innovative, and so forth. Now, I'm not saying you can't cover something in a different genre and let it be innovative, but all of a sudden these things were praised as creative and uh, valuable, where the initial song hadn't necessarily been seen that way. You know, the point is, people really like rap. People like rap even if they don't think they like rap. Not everybody, but a lot of people really like rap because, not all, but a lot of rap is really, really fun. Sometimes not supposed to be fun. But there is there is something about the expression of energy, the energy in the music that is really unique. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to take away from the fact that it's a legitimate problem the way that women are treated in the music and by a lot of the artists. And I don't want to take away the fact that it's still not friendly to other sexualities and it's still got this overly macho thing going on. But I'm saying that's not just rap. And also that's changing. Like these days in 2019, it's yes, the mainstream rap songs are still kind of like that. But... If you listen to a lot of songs, you know, you can hear people being, quote-unquote, softer. You can hear people talking about mental health. You can hear Teal talking about different topics. You know, it's not just, I'm going to pull my gun out and all that. Although it never was just that. That's just the idea people had of rap. Because the most popular stuff was related to that stuff. Um, I just remember the vitriol people have had about rap. And express it at me as if I was the person responsible for rap music existing. Um, I had a teacher who would tell me how disgusting rap music was. Because I liked it, I guess. Uh, She would tell me that she was just speaking up as a feminist. That's what she said to me. But I was also 15, and I was not, like, singing the songs. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track. The point is that, like, it is not, well, you know, maybe until Trump, it was not socially acceptable to be really, really angry about black people's existence uh, for a while in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, that was not socially acceptable, at least in New York, where I was. But it was very socially acceptable to be really angry at rap music and to to put all of your latent anger about black culture into the way you spoke about rap music. So I don't think people have to like it. But if you don't like it, I think you should unpack that and ask yourself why you don't like the entire genre. Again, not just certain artists, but the entire genre. And... I would also ask you, do you really hate it? Do you really hate it? Because what's a big genre now? Country rap. Country rap is terrible. Generally. Because it's not, they're not using the rap well. 
right? They're just not mashing it up well. There are obviously ways, because country and rap, because there are plenty of country artists who are black. And there are rappers who are not black. These things can be mashed up well, but the way they do it is just so lazy and just clearly cash grabby. They just take the rap flow, and it's a terrible flow, and they just put a little twang and a guitar under it. Uh, basically, if you ever play Body Like a Back Road in front of me, I will walk to the other end of the island. I don't care if it is Manhattan Island. I will get very far. I just, I cannot with these songs. But the point is, it's just so cynical and it's just so lazy. And the problem isn't the countryness. The problem is the laziness. I don't particularly care for country music, but only because of the way that it is a genre that is actually, I think, pretty similar to rap in its cultural specificity, but that it's held up as valuable where rap is seen as the opposite. You know, you can't just love rap music without loving black people. And I think a lot of people don't love black people or black culture. So it's really hard to genuinely and deeply and authentically love rap. I get it. This country doesn't love black people. This country's never loved black people. I don't know if this country ever will love black people. So to really love rap, it's really hard to love rap and hate black people. Jay-Z is now getting to a point where he's culturally exalted. Um, And it's at the point where people on the right are now praising him for making nice with the NFL. As he said, he's not a businessman. He's a businessman. And if you're a business, you are somehow not racialized. I think the way he's trying to position himself, he can say what he wants, but he's trying to position himself as someone who is no longer fully a part of black culture, and that's why he's able to do what he's able to do. I think what he means, and what he's trying to say, is that he is assimilated to an acceptable amount. And that's why Roger Goodell is happy to partner with him. The rest of us should be unhappy about it, but I think you know where I'm going with that. I say all of this to say, once again, it's not that rap is the only good music. It's not that rap is the best music, even though it's my favorite. And it's not that rap is a better descriptor than hip-hop, because, of course, if the people aren't singing... I'm sorry, if the people are singing, then you probably can't just call it rap, right? You probably should call it hip-hop in that case. But... I want us not to be ashamed of the fact that we like rap if we like rap. If we love rap, we should love rap. We should love rap. We should push it to be better because it has a lot of problems like any genre. And we should not let other people tell us that it is any less valuable than any other art form. Because rap is black. And black is beautiful. Which is a cliche. But it's true. And I hope if you do like rap or you love rap that 
no matter what people tell you about what is and isn't music, you know in your heart that rap can be an absolutely amazing way to express oneself. So don't be like me and let other people get to you if you like rap. Because rap's amazing. Oh yeah, I for- totally forgot to tell you all the story about my dentist who, while I was strapped into the chair and couldn't talk, told me how much he hated rap music while I couldn't even respond to him. And then I stopped going to him and he wondered why. Yeah, screw that guy. Thank you.